Welcome to Multidimensional Mom, the podcast. I'm Stephanie Dowling. And I'm Sarah Malloy. And if you're lost in the midst of momming or just the wild chaos of everyday life, we're here to help. Anything from momming to the mystical, we've got you covered. Come along as my real-life bestie and I explore all the different things about mom life, midlife, and the great beyond as we celebrate the elements that make us unique as moms and as women. Because you're multidimensional and we are too. We're going to discover our magic and help you embrace your own. Welcome back to Multidimensional Mom. It is just me today, but with a fabulous guest. Abigail Ayer is an intuitive reader, tarot guide, and talented educator who you can find on Instagram teaching tarot insights at Abigail underscore Ayer, and Ayer is E-I-R. Hailing from Denver, Colorado, she offers personalized guidance and support through her clients' life transitions, leveraging her abilities in intuitive tarot, guide work, and astrology. And we were just talking, I really don't even know where I found you, but somewhere I was led to all of your stuff and your Instagram is amazing. You went through, what was it? The 78 days or 78? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so now I've just started with Tara. I've been into it for about a year, but when I do readings with friends and we'll of course consult the guidebook, but then I send them the, that like little clip of what you said about that card, um, because your uh, explanations are so incredible. So if you are into tarot like I am and you're wondering, okay, what does that mean? Go to Abigail's Instagram um, and find out because she's got an explanation for every card. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. I uh, loved doing that. So I'm so happy to hear you have found value in it. It was Absolutely. a labor of love. 78 days I showed up straight. It was so much fun. And I really wanted to give a free toolkit for people because a lot of those are behind paid, you know, right. subscriptions and memberships. And that's great, but sometimes you need a little bit of something free. <laughs> yeah. And the great thing is like, you can see how good you are. I mean, you don't have to go and pay for something and then figure it out. Like you can just tell that you're very legit. So I have to ask, where did your interest in tarot originate? How did you get started? Uh, I've always been a witchy kid. Like okay. whenever I, I like, think back about what my childhood, I was always interested in witches and like metaphysical and just the spiritual world. And while I was obsessed with uh, astrology very young, mainly because I'm a Capricorn and it just didn't make any sense to me. So I just, I need to understand why, you know, like yeah. what, like, how does that make sense? So I started reading astrology books and studying astrology as young as 12. And really that kind of became a first language. I was kind of known as the astrology girl. People would be like, I'm in a new relationship. They're a Leo. Tell me what to do. And I'm like, this is what's up. <laughs> But it wasn't until I was in college that um, a boyfriend at the time had bought me a deck for a tarot deck for Valentine's Day out of nowhere. And it just was like, it was some, tarot was always something I was really interested in, but I grew up Catholic and it seemed scary to me. It seemed like if I do that, that's where like the bad spirits are going to come in. That's where, you know, things of darkness or bad energy will find me. Um, so when I first got the deck, I just played with it and used it really as a future predicting tool and used it in a way that I teach people not to use not it. To. <laughs> sure. But you don't know when you start. You don't yeah. know. Mm -hmm. You don't know. 
And this was like 2010-ish. So there still wasn't like Instagram, like we didn't have the social media platforms that were really teaching it yet Mm -hmm. and or showing that showing it in accessible ways. And so you really kind of got these old patriarchal views of the tarot. And now that I have started to then like, I would, instead of just using it as future predicting, um, I started using it as a self-reflection tool starting around 26. Mm -hmm. And that really was the game changer to me. So instead of saying like, will I get the job? I would say, what is the energy I'm feeling right now that is blocking me from the job? And that shift alone opens, you know, greater set of doors to work with or information to work with than just being like, Ooh, okay. Will I get this job? And I pulled six of pentacles. Like, what does that even mean? You know? (laughs) Yes. And makes it less intimidating. Now I'm Mm -hmm. starting to understand why I was so drawn to you. Are you Irish too? I'm not. I I, oh, I look do, Irish. You look Irish. Yeah. I have the bright red hair. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm uh, I'm Polish actually. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a little bit Polish too, but my family's from Colorado and Fun. I am also a recovering Catholic. I grew up Catholic and they love the scare tactics. They do. Yes. The intimidation of tarot can be like, okay, like what's going to happen? Oh, I pulled the hangman. Oh, you know, and when you really Mm -hmm. then understand it more, which is like the energy of the situation, all it does is provide like incredible insight. And so Mm -hmm. I think that takes away the scare, but there are still just so many people who are scared of tarot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love, I love that explanation. Now, what is your take on TikTok tarot, which can be an entirely different beast? I'm a great bulldog. I will volunteer as your moderator, but I've seen you do it on TikTok. (laughs) How do you feel a real intuitive should use tarot on TikTok? Honestly, I did one live, which is where we've, where we connected. I love that, but it's, it makes me a little nervous, Mm -hmm. which is why my whole TikTok channel is about teaching people how to use tarot for themselves instead of turning to other people to read for them. And that, that I don't say like, you know, if you're going over to a friend's house for some coffee or some wine and they pull out their cards, like, yes, please do that. That is so fun. And my, my whole business, my whole job is reading intuitively for other people. I have the deck with me, but really the deck is kind of like there to help people feel like, oh, I don't know, give people a visual to look at, but really it's like an intuitive reading. Um, which is the difference that I think makes you intuitive reader versus pay $20 for me to pull cards. Or if you come across this on your feed, it's for you. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) No, because it's impossible. You don't have the tunnel of connection of, okay, I'm connecting to your energy. This is for you. And I feel this. Um, So yeah, I just want to make that clear (laughs) because tarot is everywhere, but how you present it and um, how you use it is a lot different. Thank you. Yeah. I think that it can be a little predatory on TikTok where- Mm -hmm. They're, they're playing into your anxieties. So I like, don't get me wrong. I like to like, some of them will pop up and I'll listen to it, but try and remove yourself from the situation instead of thinking this is a divine message being like, what is the little nuggets of insight that maybe I could use here? Um, And that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. Even just as an observer. (laughs) Well, and I love the education too, because for me, I first started reading myself. Like, and I really only pull a couple of cards because they're overwhelming and I don't try to do a lot of clarifiers because it gets confusing. And and usually when I pull two cards for my friends or for myself, they completely make sense with each other. Mm -hmm. And I have found this one deck works for me every Mm -hmm. time. And I love that deck. And so that's what I use. So I think you have to just 
get the education, but do it for yourself. And don't just put the power in someone else's hands, especially if they're just, you know, venting readings and not really teaching. 100%. Now, I have heard you uh, describe tarot as 78 universal human experiences, mm-hmm. which I love. It's so perfect when people say like, what is it? No, it's not. Oh, this is your future. It is 78 experiences. This is the energy of a situation. I think it can give us a lot of insight that way into what's going on in our lives without just being like, this is the answer or this is what will happen. To that end, is it common for people to get the same type of cards over and over? Oh, yes, they do. I even But it happens to me. I do all the time. Right now I'm in a fool card and the fool is about taking a leap of faith. And I'm really at the cusp right now of needing to like wanting to switch up my business and change kind of what my offerings are. But the the fool is kind of like, you're not supposed to know the outcome. You're not supposed to know the path ahead. And so I'm just kind of sitting back and I'm like, I'm supposed to just keep moving with moving blindly through the situation. And my naive naivete, ignorance of the situation is actually helpful to me at this time. And so Mm -hmm. when I see like, that's just an example of how I've been pulling a card for myself for a lot recently, but when I see it for other people, um, like I used to do a weekly tarot meditation class and every single Monday I'd have a class and we'd pull cards together. We'd go through a meditation. We talk about like, what are some insights from the cards that we can apply to our week? And for about three months, I pulled the page of cups every single week. And I'm wow. just like, every time I'd pull up and you don't know, have a lot of repeats in my class, I would be like, all right, this is again, another reminder. How are you infusing your day with playfulness? How are you looking ahead towards your goals with through the eyes of playfulness and imagination and joy instead of just like strictly how do I change my behaviors to get to where I want? You need to also embody the joy to get along the path to get there. So if you're finding yourself pulling a bunch of uh, cards that either feel extremely resonant or that are coming up time and time again, that's what I like to call the magic of tarot. The magic isn't mm-hmm. the cards themselves. It's the synchronicity through the polling and having um, a practice with the tarot, having uh, a ritual with the tarot where you are kind of learning the deck and infusing it with your energy and learning from it and allowing it to be a bit of a spokesperson for you, a mirror to your inner world. Right. Yeah, that's real interesting. Now, when you say page of cups, I just, on our trip, my kids were like super upset about leaving. I was leaving like a really good friend and I got upset because they were so upset. Mm. And the night before I left, I got the page of cups and the star, Ooh, which to me go very hand in hand. It's like, just experience the joy, put the love out there. Don't take everything so seriously. Enjoy it while you can. And it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But the page of cups, now, how do you feel about reversals? So it was in reverse and I just don't know how I feel about reversals. I don't know how to read them. Mm -hmm. I'm not that good, you know, but how do you see a reversal? Oh, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Oh, good. Because I think that even guidebooks have overcomplicated reversals. It, mm-hmm. rever- reversals really mean two things. And ask yourself, if you pull a reversal, does this A, feel like I'm blocking this energy? So let's say you pull page of cups. Do I feel like I'm blocking joy from myself? Am I blocking yeah. play from myself? Or the second option is uh, timing. Do I feel like I'm not fully in this yet? 
or did I recently come out of this? Am I leaving this behind? And so you have to bring awareness to it. Again, this is where we need to release this idea that the cards are going to give us the exact truth and they offer us that opportunity to look within. And so page of cups, again, if we think about the timing, it could be like, oh, I'm not ready to be playful and like, you know, and look ahead with imagination and joy, or I just am leaving that Im- imagination and joy and that playfulness. Um, for you, it feels more like it was probably the blocked version, but like the timing thing can be really helpful, especially if people yeah. are asking about a career or a job and they're pulling things and like, well, you know, what does reverse devil mean? It's like, well, maybe the timing's not quite right yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to put it. That's interesting. Cause I didn't know what to do with reversals. And sometimes they're taught as like the opposite. And again, that introduces fear. Yes. So you get like page of cups, but it's in reverse. Now, what yeah. does it mean? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like you're yeah. bad. No, yeah. I, I really don't. And I don't like that. And I honestly, I did reversals and then I got so much anxiety wrapped up in reversals yeah. that I would set the intention. I would pull the deck in my hands. I'd set the intention saying, and my guides, I am not going to be calling, recognizing any reversals. So if I pull the reversal, I'm going to make it upright. So please help me get cards that feel right in their upright. <laughs> so yeah. you can set that intention too. And it just honestly took the anxiety off my off my shoulders. Right. I'm not going to pay attention to this right now. It's yeah, still the exactly. same energy of the card. Yeah. Yes. Now, do you agree with the birth tarot idea, which is that the card that corresponds with your birth number in numerology is like your card? Have you heard that before? Or do you like it? I have heard it. I'm not sure how I feel about it when I don't know enough about it. Mine is the emperor. I'm a four. Okay. And part of me like really rejects that. But then again, like that's also a bit of how we're supposed to it's like your challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like um, an example. I like even astrology, when we reject our own sign in astrology, I say that there's polarities to the sign. So Capricorn is supposed to be super patient, frugal, kind of quiet and stoic. And I'm the opposite of that. I'm not patient or I'm impatient. <laughs> I'm a spendthrift. I love to buy things. And really what my goal is, is to find the middle ground between those two extremes of that energy. And so when I think about the tarot, numerology, uh, birth tarot, and being an emperor, you know, the emperor, a positive emperor is really about creative force in this lifetime, about embodying your own unique expression and allowing that expression to exist without uh, judgment of self. So it's, you know, when you walk into a room and sometimes you can make yourself smaller than what you actually are to in order to make other people feel comfortable. I've done that my whole life. I have a big personality, I have big energy. And when I walk into rooms, I sometimes bring myself down so that other people feel comfortable. And emperor energy says, hey, don't do that. Just yeah. be yourself. Let other people express themselves as they need to. And you can express yourself as you need to. And you guys can have your own you know, discernment whether you're right for each other. Mm-hmm. So while I don't know a bunch about it, I've been playing with it a little bit on my own. And now that I'm like even talking about it out loud, I'm like, oh, that is very much a lesson I am living in this lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) It's just showing you the challenge of this lifetime. Um, Exactly. Yeah. But well, we'll get into the astrology in a minute. But also you said you're a Capricorn, but what is your rising and your moon? So I have a Capricorn moon and a Gemini rising. I have six planets in Capricorn. And then I just have like, I know it's a lot. You're so Capricorn. Yeah, that's amazing. And they're all in my eighth house. (gasps) So it's all this like big, deep, psychic energy. Yeah, that's cool though. It explains how you can do what you do. I love 
the stellium of it all. And when you're really condensed in one area, that fascinates me. And yeah. it makes you really like, are you very business forward and you're super clear on like constantly driving yourself for more? Yes. Yeah. And that that's actually like one of the things I need to balance though with myself. The beauty of the Capricorn is really overlooking structures and seeing how things break down and where they break down and how to fix structures and institutions and like run really efficient structures and institutions, mm-hmm. even in our own businesses or, you know, out in the world. But then that eighth house, psychic, flowy, Scorpio-ish energy, it's kind of like, no, Abigail, how do you allow more fluidity in that? How do you allow yourself to have more fluidity um, in your experience of your business? And that is definitely been an interesting one for me. (laughs) The challenge of a lifetime. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I um, get my birth tarot card all the time. What is it? Hierophant. Oh, cool. And I am not a religious person and I am not super into traditions, but I am into making my own traditions. Yes. And whenever I get that card to me and for me, it usually means my authentic self. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm like wondering about something or I get a one card and I'm like, I don't know where to put this. And then I get that. It's always like, this is you. This is authentically mm-hmm. you. It always is like, okay, I'm on the right track. That When that shows up, and it shows up a lot when other people read me. And some people always think, well, you're struggling with traditions. I'm like, no, no the fan is just them saying like, no, this is you. Listen, like yes. we've, got, we've got it. Yes. Um, I always get that card. I love that card. So can you just give a general, really general summary of the four suits? Like a pentacle means kind of this, swords, cups, wands. Because that confuses people. I mean, I love to talk about the court cards and I love to talk about what we call them the major arcana, which mm-hmm. is like the star, the sun. Yeah. I love that, but that's not all of tarot. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a very small chunk of it. So can you just give us a summary of what each suit kind of means? For sure. So the the, the tarot deck is divided into two big parts, the major arcana and the minor arcana, the big secrets and the little secrets. And so the major arcana, most people get excited about because it's like these big potent energies. And that's cool, but that's those are such big energies. Sometimes you don't even realize you're moving through that. So the real, real most impactful, powerful magic of the tarot is really working with the the minor arcana because that is the little secrets, the day-to-day things that we're constantly experiencing that we need to get a little bit more insight on. We need that little bit of clarity, a little nudge, a little push. And so the minor arcana is divided up into four suits. You have the swords, the cups, the wands, and the pentacles. And the swords are the mental realm. So that deals with our mind, with our thoughts, and I think of each suit as having a gift at the end of them. So for dealing with the mind, what is the highest expression of the mind? What is, what is it that the mind has to offer us? And it's discernment. We can get the intuitive knowledge from our, from our bodies and from our energy and the emotions, which we'll get into in just a second. But really the mind ultimately makes the decision that I'm going to follow through on this, or I'm going to do this, or this is right for me. So it's learning the whole sword suit is all about working through the challenges that the mind presents to us. And so often this suit can look the most dark. It has really intense imagery, but that's because our mind is our number one ruler, the first huge hurdle that we have to get past. A lot of us are are working through that. That's like, you know, 
I feel like what the past 200 years in human evolution has been like is realizing that our thoughts have power and really moving through that mindfulness. The hardest <laughs> part about being a human. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's our one of our greatest challenges, but it offers us so much wisdom. So I love that. Then the suit that I love to talk about after the swords is the cup suit. And the cup suit is our emotional realm, the water realm. And the emotional realm the the gift at the end of the emotional realm is actually understanding what true fulfillment looks like or feels like. So one of my favorite cards of the cup suit is the seven of cups, because it's like all these cups that are like overflowing with all of our greatest desires in life. It's like, oh, there's the mansion, there's the perfect relationship, there's the money. And the the message of this card is you know, you keep looking outside yourself. You keep pointing to these seven things or these things outside of yourself. And you say, I'm only going to be happy when one of those things come to me, when I finally have the house, when I finally have the relationship, when I finally have fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And the wisdom of this card is actually like, no, you know, the fulfillment's found within first. Those things can be helpful. You know, like obviously we would all be a lot better if we had a really stable income. We didn't have to worry about money. We could really enjoy our hobbies or whatever it might be. But the cup suit helps us recognize that through our emotions and witnessing our emotions, we can then fine tune and understand the values that drive us and our emotions and our desires to then help us get to true fulfillment. I love that. Yeah. It's just, it's a good one. Um, yeah. th- then the most esoteric suit is the wands. The wands is energy. And I feel like this is where we are as a collective. I feel like we've done a lot of work on the mind. We've done more recent work on the emotions, but as a collective, we're just now really understanding the power of energy and how our embodied energy, how our desire, our motivation, these push, this drive, this fire within ourselves is also a key ingredient to get us to where we want to go in life. And so when I think about the gift of energy and align energy, you're working on aligning yourself to your authentic expression. What is it that wants to come up and out of you in this lifetime? And the wand suit teaches you that. And then lastly, the pentacle suit. The pentacle suit is our behavioral realm. It is the physical Mm. realm. And a lot of people just equate the physical realm with money or material goods, but no, it's about action in the physical realm. We can think and feel and have energy towards something. And this is kind of where you're seeing a lot of people now kind of reject the secret, the the secret. Right. No, we just talked about, yes, the <laughs> secret. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people think, oh, I just have to change my thoughts yeah. or I just need to change the way I feel. And it's like, no, but then you also have to act. And that's what the pentacle suit is all about. It's about changing your behavior to realize that then you can create the desired reality in your life. Like that is the key step that you need. You need to bottle up all of those three invisible realms, the mind, the emotion, and the energy, and then push it through the physical realm in order to then change current reality you're experiencing. Very cool. Now, what what is the gift of that one? The gift of that one is manifesting. Ma- it is ah, yeah, okay. aligned manifesting. Yeah. I love that way of looking at it. Like this is what it is, what it involves, but this is like the overall outcome or the gift of it. Can you dismiss, because I know you're going to, the idea <laughs> of bad cards versus good cards? Oh my like, gosh. Are yeah. there any bad cards? There are no bad cards. You know, I would get this on a, a bumper sticker. I'd get it tattooed on <laughs> yeah. me. It's like one of my like FAQs on my website. There are no bad cards. Every single card has wisdom to it. Mm-hmm. And it's often the quote unquote bad cards that actually have some of the greatest gifts. For example, 
everyone's afraid of the death guard. Yeah. Everyone thinks like that, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people who are new to tarot don't know tarot think that if I pull the death card, that means someone's going to die right. or, and it's just like one, absolutely not. The tarot is not a future predicting tool. And also the death card just means releasing. And I think about the death card, like when your garden has, you know, you've collected the harvest from your garden and it is fall and it is getting cold. Your garden dies. It is time to release the things that are no longer serving you, pull out those dead plants so that when new life is ready to come through that garden, this plot of land is prepared for that. You've created an environment that new growth can come from. And that's mm -hmm. what the death card represents. And so when we pull then the death card, that's where we're like, we're doing that, that thing where it's like, should I get out of this relationship? And you pull the death card and you might be like, okay, it's a clear sign that I need to leave this. Or maybe ask yourself, well, what is it that I need to release at this time that can then help me find more alignment in this relationship? Okay. You know, you, you doesn't always have to mean like this massive release of things. It can be a little bit more subtle. So, you know, those are times where a clarifying card could actually be really helpful. You know, of course. Yeah, sure. Otherwise you're just left with the death card. Um, exactly. yeah, looking at it as like a dead crop. That's like, I love that, <laughs> you know, like, what do you need to let go of? This is done. Whatever this is, this is done. <laughs> now you're also an intuitive and an astrologer, which are both things we completely obsess over on the show. <laughs> um, so let's discuss your intuition for a second. What are your clairs per se, or how does information present itself to you or you feel the energy of other people? How does that work for you? Oh, I love this question. I feel like this is such an important question for like aspiring intuitives or just people who like feel like they have that intuitive sense, but they don't really know what it looks like. Cause mm -hmm. one, you have to discover it for yourself, but hearing how other people use their intuitive senses can really help you open up your own too. Yes. So for me, I'm Clara cognizant, Clara sentient, and most importantly, Clara clairvoyant. I am extremely visual. So I've developed a system that I have almost two boards in front of me. Well, actually it's like a massive board in front of me, one board behind me, and then images pop up in those boards. And if it's on my right side, that's like energy incoming. And then if it's on my left side, that's energy that you've been, you've worked with in your past. And if it's, and if it's right in front of me, that's energy you're moving through right now. And so uh. they'll show me images in those areas, the guides, your higher self, your energy, whatever it might be. I'm seeing images in those areas. And then I even feel like pulled towards that space. So a lot of times in readings, my whole body will be shifting into the, these different areas, these different planes where then mm -hmm. I'm getting information from. The clairsentience one is, whew, that is the, the trickiest one. <laughs> yeah. When did that come for you? Because oh, that can be jarring. It, it's extremely jarring. <laughs> yeah. um, my, one of the first big readings I was doing, I just got hired at a shop from this woman. I did a reading for her and she's like, are you looking for a tarot job? Because I would hire you. And I was like, at this time, I didn't even know I really was an intuitive. I knew I kind of had some stuff, like some gifts, mm -hmm. but she clearly could see the connection. She's a very experienced, incredible intuitive. And so one of the first couple of readings, I'm sitting down and reading for this woman. And within like 10 to 30 seconds, I just start uncontrollably sobbing and bawling in front okay. of her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am so sorry, but what happened? I just feel like this energy with a woman, like a, a girl, a woman that you're close with. And I just 
something so horrible has happened. And she goes, my sister recently has committed suicide. I honestly, like I've almost felt a little unprepared for the situation because it was so jarring to have all of Mm -hmm. that flooding of emotion and then like also try to be there as a support system for this person. And so since then, I have a lot more like training and, you know, boundaries, boundaries and experience, like how to manage that. But it was, if, if I'm crying during a reading, it's, it's just because like, that's the energy that needs to come through. And I have to do that to like, get that expression across for the person sitting, but it's an intense one. (laughs) Yeah. That's a hard one. Yeah. That's not (laughs) easy for you. <laughs> that I love Claire Cognizant. Oh, that I one's so good. That. It's just, that's my favorite one because my big joke with clairvoyance is like sometimes I'll get an image of like a llama eating peanut butter, and I have to somehow decipher that to you. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. we're Claire. What does this mean? Right, and Claire Cognizant just comes in. I'm like, oh, you're trying to get pregnant right now. Like, right. It's just like an oh, like I just yes. an, an quick knowing. I don't hear it. It just is. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. That that's fun. one I love because I know I can trust it and I have gotten mm-hmm. it <laughs> mm-hmm. related to that. And your clear cognizance, does intuition run in your family? You know what? This is kind of fun and interesting. My family is like, especially the, my mom, my mom's side, mm-hmm. they're very against the intuitive <gasps> thing. However, when I was born, when my mom was pregnant with me, she developed a tumor in her uh, pineal gland, which uh-huh. is people say is where our third eye is. Yes. And I almost feel like I stole her intuition. You like that's almost that. like, I almost, <laughs> I'm like, you're not using this. I'll take this. Like, yeah. And I have had intuitives tell me in the past that I come from like a long line of intuitive women. And then there was like a repression at some point, but I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, there's no way of proving that. So I, I can't say for sure. Sh- for yeah, sure. You don't have like a sister who reads too or anything like that. Okay. Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm kind of the, the, the oddball. <laughs> You're the Oracle. Um, yes. I love that. Now, do you also do mediumship because that's sort of related? Yes. I, so it's funny. I technically do. But I don't advertise that because I don't think I'm qualified enough for that. And I think it takes a, you need someone who's going to establish very, very clear boundaries, not only with the person they're reading with, but also with the spirit team behind it. So I like to be an intuitive reader, but there will be times where I'm reading and, you know, people, this is my back screen where people that have passed, loved ones that have passed come through and they Mm -hmm. just kind of bulldoze and they're like, Hey, I'm the dad. I really need to just get this message across real quick. And so I always just make sure I'm like, are you open to hearing? Hearing And if they are, then I allow them in. But I generally save that for, you know, people who feel that as like their true calling. I feel like I'm more the unblocker than Uh I am the grief uh, workshopper. Right. And your favorite thing to do is life guidance, right? Mm -hmm. Like what Mm -hmm. is in the way of getting you to fulfillment in this transition? Is that sort of what you specialize in? Okay. Do you want to explain that at all? Like who should be coming to you? Yes, absolutely. I love this question. So when I think about my skill set and specifically how my, my Claire's work and just how the, my system with my guides, I have this really 
ridiculous ability to (laughs) see blocks in people. It's almost like I can look at someone's energy and be like, oh my gosh, like I understand that like this, you have a massive fear block around this. And then I can almost follow the trail and be like, okay, well, it seems like something might've happened around here. And then we talk through it. So it's not just a validation session. Like sometimes you might go to an intuitive and they just tell you things you already know about yourself. And that's cool. Like it's sometimes we need that. Sometimes we want to just hear things that we're on the right path. But with, with the work that I see, and I feel like the people that I almost attract into my business are people who are like, I feel really stuck right now. Mm -hmm. And I even, you know, life can look great on paper, but I still feel stuck or life doesn't look great on paper. How do I get myself out of this? And then with that, it's almost like I help them build their own spiritual toolkit to then help them get to the next phase. And the, the spiritual toolkit, very much like a backpack throughout um, schooling, you're going to have different supplies in your backpack when you're kindergarten versus when you're in high school. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm working with people, depending on where they're, you know, where they're at and what they're working through, we're going to help them. I'm going to help them get different supplies to help them through that transition, to help them get to the next phase where maybe they can find a little bit more peace, a little bit more comfort, a little bit more stability. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And when you said a block, the first thing I picture is like the chakras. Do you do anything with that? Do you see that in people or that's usually when people talk blocks, that's immediately where my mind goes. It's like the colors and the alignment. Okay. So you do kind of see a a block here, but this is what this means for you. Yes, definitely. Very and they'll cool. even do, they'll like pull, I'll be like, all I can feel is my heart center right now. And it's mm-hmm. like crushing. And so then I'll be like, okay, so I can tell that something's going on in your heart center. Did you recently go through a breakup? It's, it can even be um, less like, oh, your light's dim here, but like, oh, there's something really intense happening in that chakra or right. being processed in that chakra. Like the energy of a situation, just like tarot. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. Well, those were all my immediate questions, but I wondered if we could like pull a few cards and see what happens. Oh my gosh. Are you course. open to that? Yeah. Okay, Cause I'm sure. open to it all. Yeah. I love pulling tarot cards and it's funny. Like I do, I have an offering called the gut check where I just openly channel for people. I and saw then I, that. Okay. Uh, that, explain that. Cause we were going to go to that next. What are the services you offer? But ex- I love that one on your, your website is so simple. Good. I love, and it's so beautiful. I love your website. Um, and just to tell our listeners real quick, since we are going in this direction, it's of air.co O F E I R.co. Very easy. Yes. We'll put it in the show notes, but yes, the deep dive, the gut check, and the gift card. So <laughs> whatever you need. So explain the deep dive and the gut check then. Yeah. So the, the gut check, I, this is where I'm like almost validating to myself, like Abigail, <laughs> you are an intuitive because people just buy that and you, we don't meet at all. You give me just your first name. Then you, if you want to focus on relationship or if you want to focus on X, Y, and Z, um, I don't need a ton of detail. It's really just kind of like the, the topic you want me to like wow. dive into. And I do a 15 minute recording and I just, it's me channeling and then pulling a set of tarot cards. And I always mix the two because the channeling can be great, but it can be a bit high level and it can be a bit validating and you might not get really the actionable steps that you are looking for. And okay. so I love the tarot because that's where I'm like, okay, oh, I see you pulled the hangman. Maybe we need to wait it out for a little bit. How can you get comfortable in this this discomfort of the waiting, of the pause? And so it's really helpful to provide actionable steps for them. So the gut check is, it's wild because I will get, you know, 
just novels back like an email. That's just a novel long. And it's just like, everything you said was so spot on and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. Like, I'm still always shocked when I get (laughs) shocked by yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing that you can do that through and you get an email. I mean, you haven't, you connect Mm -hmm. with their energy, but it, it's almost inexplicable to how like it's not like you and I talking right now. You're just like getting their name, and that's yes. all you need. That's all I need. And I used to do it where I didn't record the meditation. So I, every single time I connect with someone, I sit down and I do a thirty second to a minute long meditation where I'm setting up the space. I call in my guides. I set up a protective bubble around me. I call in their guides and only their guides that are here to serve their highest good. I give very clear directions on what those guides like can use me for, and. I used to not record that. And I've actually found that in, rec- I got one reading that was like, oh, I need to do this for this person. They almost need to see me doing this. Yeah. And then once I did it that one time, I was like, oh, I have to do this every time. It almost is like the establishment of the yes. connection. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the quantum, whatever it might be. But then the person watching it and it being in that meditation with me almost is the link that we need. Yeah. Setting intentions is so important. I mean, it's it like really is stating the objective before a lesson or any of those things. Okay. And then the other one is the deep dive. Yes. And so the deep dive is if you're really working through some stuff. So you just don't, it's not like you need just a quick clarity or some quick actionable insights. You're like, I'm super lost. And, I, and you know, maybe you even came from a gut check. We had a gut check and you're like, I want to go deeper on this. And that's a deep dive. It's a one-on-one Zoom call where we are meeting and we're talking through it. We open up with like, hey, what's going on? What's happening? This is, again, another good difference between a medium. I feel like with a medium, a medium doesn't want to know anything. Like they right. don't, they want to keep a super blank slate. But for me, it's actually helpful to kind of understand the context of a situation so that we're not wasting each other's time. Let's say you mm-hmm. want to talk about if this person is right for you. You know, we're going to open up and I'm going to tap into that energy. This seems like a really big challenge in your relationship. Let's talk about that. How does that make you feel for me to even point that out? And in doing that, we were able to go deeper, hence mm-hmm. the deep dive on a situation that you're really looking for clarity on. Yeah, I really, the deep dive is really fun. I'm booked out about a month or two in advance with those always. So if you yeah. are ever interested in those, I would just sign up. You can always reschedule later. But yeah, people don't because they have to wait so long for them. They hardly ever reschedule and there's hardly any earlier openings. So, <laughs> yeah. well, that's good. It's- a really big one to, mm-hmm. to sit down with someone and to really get into it. Okay. So we're going to pull a couple tarot yes. cards. Okay. All right. And so I'll just give people a taste too. Are you um, calling your guides now just so mm-hmm. we can open up the space? All right. So we can close our eyes and we're just going to take a big breath in and out. Beautiful. And you can just take this moment as we're setting up the space to keep your eyes closed and allow yourself to just sink into the moment. And as you're sitting there, I'm going to take this time to set up our space for this reading today by first acknowledging my guides. Hello, friends. I know you're already here. My guides, please help me be a clear, honest, and true channel for Stephanie today. Help me uphold a protective space And this protective space only allows in those guides that are aligned with Stephanie's highest good and highest good alone. So be it. And now open up this space to allow in those guides and only those guides that are aligned with Stephanie's highest good and highest good alone. So be it. Hello, Stephanie's guides. Please use me as a channel, providing her the messages and insights rooted in truth and clarity, serving her highest good, highest self, and highest timeline. So be it. All right. We can open up our eyes and join me back in this space. Okay. So you have some fun guides. 
you have, <laughs> do you know your guides? Not really. Oh, that's cool. I, I know my guides in energy. I don't really, I don't personify them. There's and right. everyone's different. Okay. Um, you have a guy that really wants to be known. So I'm just going to kind of talk about this one for a minute. You have, it's kind of like three guides. You have one that you're really working with pretty strongly right now. One mm-hmm. that's like a little bit of a helper. And then the one in the back is a bit more of like a lifelong guide. And this is very common where we have one guide that is kind of with us from birth. And then we have ones that are like specialists that come in and out of our life, depending on what we're working on. And so this guy that you have that is a specialist is presenting himself as an old man. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean it's a loved one that has passed. Often, I would say like 97% of the time, our guides are not loved ones that have passed. Mm -hmm. They're they're these like, they're like your assistants or the entourage on the other side. This is like their job to be in spirit form and help you in human form. And this this old man presenting (laughs) guide (laughs) is jolly and kind, but also is... It's honestly, it feels like a bit exhausted. Like it's like moving a lot, going through a lot. And it's almost like he's, he's almost like saying like he's at retirement age. And I almost feel like it's kind of helping you kind of realize that maybe you're coming through the ending of a chapter, Mm -hmm. um, that you're entering to a point now where like something may be falling off that you may be releasing and letting go. Speaking of the death card, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, you may be retiring something or letting something go. And this is like this, this old man guide is kind of helping you embody that, helping you understand that it's okay to like slow down and just enjoy these moments and not feel like you have to, it's not even rushing. It's not even building. It's really following like these expectations from outside of yourself. Like, oh, you have to have the nine to five job. Oh, you have to have this. Oh, you have to have that's Yeah. Yes. The the grind, the push. Yes, Yes, exactly. And this old man guide is almost more like, how can you almost embody that retirement now? How can you almost embody the, the sense of ease and peace that everything is okay, just as it is, and that, you know, things are going to evolve as as they will? Is that making sense? Yeah. Well, I worked as a high school English teacher for many years before kids, and it was like 10 years of never stopping. Mm-hmm. And then I had kids, and that's a lot of not stopping, and it, it still is. But now I freelance and do the writing that I love to do, which is resumes, helping people find their purpose. And this, the podcast, and sometimes I'm, I always will have like anxiety dreams about school and like teaching and classes. You know, it's just, it's mm-hmm. a hard thing, a hard way of life to let go because I am so like driven as a person. Totally. And that's, it's like, it's funny. We think that once we get to the other side, I'm sure as a teacher, you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to just, when things are calm or like, can't wait till my kids are older. And then you get there and you're like, your nervous system needs time to almost catch up to that, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I get that. Once I left my corporate job, I had a full three to four months of just burnout, like yeah. recovery because my nervous system was so shot from how hard I was pushing myself. All right. So we're going to pull some cards now. We're going to do, ooh, we're going to do a pyramid. So it's going to be three cards. This is going to be three cards. So we have the first <laughs> page of cups. Oh, well, there he is again. <laughs> okay. That's okay. I, I mean, I just pulled it for myself literally two nights yes. ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Love Speaking it. of stalker cards. Um, <laughs> okay. So I pulled a pyramid spread and this is just one card on top and two cards underneath. Okay. And this is a really lovely spread to understand what is the energy that we're aspiring towards. So that's the top card. Uh-huh. And then what are the cards, the two cards underneath it? What are the cards that are going to support us in that aspiration and the, the energy that's really available to us? Okay. So 
with for you the energy that's really available for you to open up to is page of cups and so when we think about the pages all of the pages are looking ahead they're looking ahead and like how do i want to go about x and the the suit that they're a part of really determines the flavor of how they're going to plan so Page of Pentacles might plan, well, I'm going to change my behaviors in this way. I'm going to have these very strict habits in these ways. Or I know that it's going to take a lot of momentum to like get there. But Page of Cups says, put aside the behaviors, put aside the habits. How do I want to feel on this journey? Mm -hmm. Because the cups yield the emotional realm. And often... The page of cups is seen as the most playful of the pages because there's really a, there's a fish that hangs out of the cup and it looks like he's talking to the fish. And so it's imagination, it's play. And when we get the page of cups, it's an invitation to expand our dreams for ourselves. So if I were to say, tell me about your dream house, page of pentacles, again, might be very practical. Mm -hmm. Where in the other, the other side of that, you have page of cups and it's going to be like, make it the most magical, mystical, most fun example or idea, a dream for your house. It doesn't have to be tied in reality. It's almost like the bigger, the, the dream, the hope, the goal, the better it is for you. And you said that you even pulled the the star card along with the page of cups Mm -hmm. and how I read the star card is it's a new North star for us. It's a new hope that we are aligning ourselves to. And it's not like we're ever going to reach the star, you know, a North star is outside of the solar system, but it's something that we orient ourselves towards. And so the page of cups is very akin to that because it's saying, how do you want to orient yourself? What dreams do you want to orient yourself towards? So for you at this time, what I would recommend is taking some time to sit down and really dream up what your perfect average day looks like. Dream up what you want this next phase to look like, this next, this next time in your life, the next five years, or even just a year. What is it that you want that to look like? And then take that dream and double it. Make it even bigger and play with that and get comfortable with that to see what it might be like to even dream even bigger for yourself. Is that making sense? Sure. I love that. That's the card. So that's when you do a pyramid. Now this is, this is one on the bottom or was that the top? This is the top one. So we have this is what we're going towards. Okay. This is yes. Okay. So if that's what we're aspiring towards, what is the foundation? What do we need to kind of um, have underneath our feet? What's going to help us ground so that we can have this big lofty dream. And so we have first, we have the eight of swords and then we have the three of swords and they're both reverse. So when it comes to reversals, again, I have, you know, you can think of it as timing or you can think of about it as blocking. So am I blocking this energy or like denying this energy or is maybe the timing off here? Mm -hmm. And so because we're talking about um, aspiring towards like allowing ourselves to dream big, I almost feel like this is like a bit of a block. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Starting with the eight of swords, which might be one of... It's a prickly card Mm -hmm. because how I describe the eight of swords is it's the victim mindset card. Okay. And when I say that, you know, a lot of people have a lot of emotions when, with the word victim mindset or (laughs) playing the victim, nobody wants to be called the victim, (laughs) but really what the victim mindset card, what, what the eight of swords is really showing us is that we may not have gotten ourselves into the situation. We may have been, you know, at the whims of outside forces, but what, where we have landed, where we are right now, we are keeping ourselves stuck by 
playing into the role that this is the only life that we have to experience. Mm -hmm. And so when we pull the eight of swords, it is a call to action to pull off your blindfold, look around and realize you have choice. You can choose to walk away, choose a different path, to move a different way, to just have a little bit more choice in your day-to-day life to help you get out of the situation. It reminds you that you have power, that not all of your power is just at the whims of other people, even if you might've just experienced a time of that. It's reminding you that you can still have power starting now when you realize that you have the power of choice within. Mm-hmm. Is that making sense? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so with it being reversed, this might've been a little bit blind to you. You might not have really realized like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was kind of giving away my power. I didn't realize that I could actually change the situation. And so another homework assignment might be to just kind of sit and reflect, whether that's in journal or meditation of where am I feeling like I can't change a situation and how might that be untrue? Well, and I just feel pulled to say this, not so much even to clarify it for you, but for all of our listeners, because this is multidimensional mom, I think we always talk about how moms, especially when our kids are young, we're just put in this role because they need us every second of every day and we make it all happen. And then we become the ones who make it all happen and we don't allow other people to help us because we're just so used to doing it all, all the time. And I think that does happen and you don't realize it, (laughs) that all of a sudden that is your day to day all the time. And you forget you have the power of doing your own stuff or changing it up. And I think this could definitely be, what do you call it? Like a vicarious message to, to other people who are listening. Yeah. To take that away that remember you still have the power to make this life what you want it to be, even though there are a lot of other people relying on you. Yes, exactly. And honestly, like Throughout this entire reading, even though this is for you, Stephanie, it also, if you're, you know, listening to this and you're like, oh, getting some ahas, or my other favorite is an oh shit. Yes. Whenever you're <laughs> when yeah. you're getting one of those, uh-huh. it might be something for you to just look at with yourself. So, you know, definitely don't think this is only for Stephanie. You can definitely take some information or insight away from this reading as well. Yeah, I love that. All right. So the final card we have is the three of swords. And this is another one of those cards that people are really afraid of. It's a, the traditional image is a heart that is stabbed by three big swords and it it tends to be bloody. It's kind of an intense looking card. Um, And that's understandable because this card represents suffering. It is the suffering card. Mm -hmm. And this card, I will often pull when someone just came out of a breakup or if they just got laid off, they're in a moment of suffering. And I often will point out with the three of swords, there's two swords that come in and these are from outside forces. You know, maybe again, there's a layoff or there you got broken up with, or there's even a fender bender where someone just kind of like bumped into you and it's not even your fault. Like, you know, these, these things where just shit happens Mm -hmm. and we, we enter into a state of suffering. And then what ends up happening from that state of suffering is we take the third sword and we put it down the middle and we lock all three swords in place. And we do that by ruminating on this. We stick to the stories. We attach to the stories that are playing out in our mind. If I just would have taken that other job instead of this one, then I wouldn't be laid off right now. And we just get into this like self deprecating, this beating up of our inner selves to a point that you then just suffer even more. It's, it's the, the Buddhist philosophy of the second arrow. 
and, or you get hit by one arrow and that's painful, but then you shoot yourself with the second mm-hmm. arrow, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're with, locked with in. Your, you're yeah. locked in. And so when we pull the three of swords, the wisdom here is to one, recognize your own suffering. I think a lot of times we're in suffering. We're just like, how can I get out of this as fast as possible? And the, the wisdom of this card is recognize your suffering, recognize that something shitty happened to you, honor that you don't have to put on a good, like a big stoic face. You can be like, wow, that really stunk. That really hurt. I don't feel great about this. And in doing that, you then pull out that, that final sword that you put in, which then frees up the space for you to pull out the other two swords. And one thing to note here is when you pull out those swords, your, your heart is still wounded. This isn't an instant fix. This isn't a light switch moment where everything's suddenly better. You now have to go through the healing. You need to allow it where each day the pain gets less and less, or maybe like it spikes one day, but then it goes down. And so allowing yourself to it, like be okay on the journey of recovery of healing is another big wisdom of this card. So again, so if this is your foundation of the pyramid and it was reverse, this is telling me like you might having some blocks of not realizing that there's choice with the eight of swords, you might not even realize that there's little bits of suffering, little swords that you've kind of poked in yourself that are locking in some pain that just need to be addressed. So a homework assignment, your third and final homework Mm -hmm. assignment is to sit down and reflect upon what are little, little pains or little moments of suffering? What are some stories that I'm holding onto that have happened in the past that I just need to release at this time and allow them to go and realize I don't have to attach to them anymore. And so sometimes this is actually a good call out too. When we pull a reversal, the other maybe way to think about it is it's lighter energy. So this isn't maybe massive suffering. This could also just be little suffering. Mm-hmm. And so for you, in order for you to go after those dreams, to think about those big aspirations, those, those big playful dreams for yourself, you kind of need to work through those two little blocks of like, well, where am I causing myself some suffering in my day-to-day life? And where am I not realizing I have the choice to actually change that? Yeah. There you have it, Stephanie. That's really good. Um, and I love the pyramid too. That's a, Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, and a good, simple one for people to mm-hmm. start with when you need some direction. Do you subscribe to the, like, find the full card and then look up what's before it and after it and like that when you need direction in this, that, because I just like to pull. I think just pull, especially if you're prone to anxiety yes. or overanalyzing, <laughs> overthinking, please pull yeah. one card yes. or two cards. The The bigger the spread, yes. the more confusion. That is almost like the paradox of tarot. Uh, you do not get more clarity with more mm-hmm. cards you pull. You add more complication and more complexity and more confusion (laughs) with the more you pull. It's a good note, especially to those who are experimenting with it and find it interesting. Don't make it too hard. Um, So let's go ahead and recap where our listeners can find you and um, what services that you're offering. So ofair.co, that's your the best place to go. And then your Instagram and your TikTok, are they both the same? They are the same. It's Abigail underscore E-I-R. And that's it. No numbers, nothing. And if someone with numbers or, you know, slightly spelled wrong is DMing you, it's not me, babies. I'd never, ever DM you. You have a lot of, a lot of uh, pretend ghost profiles hanging out there. On TikTok for sure. I have a bigger following on TikTok. So they definitely 
kind of, yeah, they definitely take advantage of it. Okay. Very cool. And you can get the deep dive or the gut check, follow her on TikTok and you're going to be on there teaching and maybe doing some lives every now and then. Yeah, that's the goal. And, you know, who knows, maybe I'll start teaching human design or astrology next. So cool. My other loves. So who knows? I I like to do it all. <laughs> Lovely. I loved talking with you. And I encourage exactly. our listeners to go um, follow you. Take a look on TikTok. Take a look on Instagram, especially if you're just getting into the tarot and you're wanting to know. Let's say you pull something for yourself. You're looking at the guidebook. And like I do, then go to Abigail's Instagram and see what that card means because she will tell you. She'll explain it to you. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and your insight today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you.